Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox and I am Josh and I am excited to have Brian Dembozik. Brian, thanks for being on. Josh, it is great to be with you. And I got to say that is a tricky last name, but I think I nailed it that time. You did, and isn't it, it? I always tell people it is a perfect ice hockey name. It just looks like it needs to be on the back of a jersey somewhere. Yes. Are you a Canuck? Did you grow up in Canada? No, uh, I, I can't even skate. <laughs> my 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 oldest son Joshua though he is he's he wants to be a soccer player and he's trying to convince me it's a good soccer name too. Nah, that's great. Brian is managing editor of the Gospel Project, which is a Bible study curriculum used by over one million people each week. He's also author of the Gospel-Centered Kids Ministry, and his latest book that came out April 1st of this year is entitled Cornerstones. Brian, tell us about Cornerstones. Yeah, Cornerstones is a, uh, it's a pair of books, actually. The main book is directed for grade school kids with 200 different questions and answers, uh, really designed to help teach them truth. We don't use this phrase in the book. Uh, but it's really more of a catechism-type resource where kids can just rub shoulders with these questions and the answers supplied. Beautiful artwork. Uh, the artist did an amazing job with that. So we hope it's a book that kids would enjoy flipping through and just marinating uh, their minds and hearts on these truths. And then in conjunction with that, we have the Parent Guide, which basically provides about a blog-length post or blog post-length write-up for each of those 200 questions and answers. So it, it's really designed to give parents uh, more of an undergirding to have meaningful conversations with their mm -hmm. kids. What led you to write Cornerstones? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, really, it's born out of, of what my family does in our home. Uh, when my oldest son, Joshua, was a real little guy, uh, my wife and I just decided we wanted to use this teaching approach with, with our kids. Uh, I had learned about it in my seminary studies that the early church had used this approach to not only just raise up kids, but train new believers. And I just thought there was a lot of wisdom in it. So I started trying to find a, a good resource I could use. I, I had trouble finding one I could just pick up and go with. So I actually just kind of wrote my own for my own family's use. And uh, during that time, I was in church ministry. And so where I was serving, I made it available for other families and and added a, a little bit of a paragraph or so here and there of further explanation when I thought it was warranted. And, and so when I came to Lifeway about three years ago, talked with B&H team, and, and they said, hey, this sounds like a good idea. Let's run with it. And what is this method? How can parents use this method, this cornerstone method, to help teach children the biblical truth, as well as to just understand basic Christian doctrine? Yeah, I think the, the real strength of this approach is it really connects with the natural inquisitive nature of, of kids. Um, you know, we know as, as dads that, that kids ask us questions all the time, perhaps too much at times, uh, and it just shows it gives us a window into their hearts and their minds that, that they want to ask these questions, they want these answers. So when you frame doctrine around questions and answers, I think it resonates with them deeply. And so mm. the approach works great like, like this. My family, this is how we do it. 
um, at dinner time, maybe twice a week, as we are wrapping up dinner, one of us will get that book out and we'll just read a question and we'll direct it toward one of our kids. We have three children. And the harder questions, of course, will usually uh, slant toward my older two kids. The easier questions or the questions we've we've covered recently, we may throw at my youngest son, Caleb, who is six. And so you you ask the question and you give uh, your child a, a time to 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 come up with the answer or remember the answer, and then you use that as a springboard to talk more deeply about that question and answer. What is the more significant meaning behind it? So. The heart of it is not just communicating facts or information, but letting that be a springboard to have meaningful conversations with our kids about God, His glory, and what He's done for us through Christ. Can you give us a couple of uh, sample questions as well as answers and kind of what dialogue does spring uh, spring out of those? Yeah, you know, for example, I think one of the, the more important ones is, is why did God create everything? And He created everything for His glory. Um, that's a question I think is so fundamental to so much that we experience in life that everything uh, we experience is designed in one way or another to point to God's glory and bring Him glory. That is so important for my kids to understand. It's so important that they are not here for themselves. They're here for God. And God has not only planned for them to bring Him glory, but they're able to do that. And so it's a paradigm shift that I want my kids to understand. Our culture teaches the exact opposite. Our culture says, hey, you know, you exist for you. And yes. your goal is to get as much from this world as you can get, seek as much pleasure, um, you know, find meaning in yourself. And I don't want my kids buying into that, that, that lie from our culture. I just think that's so huge. We we constantly, even as believers, ask ourselves, you know, why is this happening to me? You know, what purpose does God have in this issue for me? And while there's truth, and we need to kind of search that ultimately everything that occurs is for Him, through Him, by Him, and for His glory, and having that focus, I think, is monumental. Exactly. Everything exists for His glory, and all God commands us to do—this is another issue we address in the book—everything that God commands is for His glory and our good. And and it kind of dovetails with that, that as you were saying, Josh, as, as you know, we know that life is difficult, and we want our kids to know that, we want to be uh, straight up with them about that. We don't want to paint a rose-colored glasses that, hey, if you follow Jesus, everything's going to be great. That's a lie. Um, God talks more about difficulty and pain and suffering in, in Scripture than He does um, at, you know, comfort. So we want our kids to understand that God is calling you to, to this, this great journey of following Christ, and it's going to be difficult along the way. And a lot of what He commands you to do is going to be challenging. It will not be fun. But we have to remember everything he commands of us ultimately is for his glory and is for our good, even if it doesn't feel that way. And again, these are the things proactively as a dad, I want my kids marinating on so that when sure. they do come into adversity, they're prepared for it. What issues are covered within the book? Is it mostly kind of just biblical stories and truth like Zacchaeus or Noah, or do you take on larger kind of apologetics issues of sin and suffering and, and those types of things? Yeah, Josh, it's the latter. It really is a systematic theology for kids, um, and the the Parents' Guide is a systematic theology for parents, just done in a way that I hope is presentable. Um, I hope it's a way that kids can engage in. So we will we introduce some some challenging phrases. We talk about redemption. We talk about 
um, sanctification and so forth, we use those terms and we, we use them on purpose because our desire is for those kids to grow up into their faith and not for us to lag behind. Um, again, as I just said, you know, as a dad, my heart and I believe my calling by God is to prepare my kids to serve him through their entire lives. And I need to be ahead of that then. I need to be letting them grow into it. So, for example, right now when we talk about sanctification and use that word, my youngest son, Caleb, who's six, he he's, I mean, he's not getting that term perhaps, but I hope he's getting the ideas underneath of it. And then when he is ready to understand that term, he just naturally steps into it rather than him being behind on that curve. So, yeah, we talk a lot about sin in the book. We talk a lot about salvation, uh, about what it looks like to live in light of our salvation, which I think is a critical component that we miss a lot of times as, as we're discipling our kids. Young adults are leaving the church in droves, and we talk to our audience all the time uh, about the importance of not just knowing that Zacchaeus was a little, wee little man, but, you know, learning and why— a wee little man was he. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, when they grow up and start talking to people about their faith, you know, they can't just have in their back pocket, well, because the Bible says, because that doesn't matter to a lot of folks, uh, increasingly so. And so this type of resource is huge. Yeah, and I think it, today in our postmodern, I think we're actually post-postmodern, whatever it is now, but um, as we know, the the modern mindset, and I'm kind of on that cusp, I'm 45, so I'm kind of on that, that, that dividing line, but I, I'm wired more in a modern mindset of, well, what is true? That's what matters. Um, the postmodern mindset, and, and we're, we're still seeing, again, this continuing to play out, is, no, what's true doesn't matter. What works matters. Mm. Now, there's theological concerns with that postmodern mindset, of course, but I think we can see something good from it. I think we can see uh, beauty come from ashes and say, all right, that's helping us remember what you just said, Josh, that it's not sufficient for us just to say, this is true, therefore do it. I think we really need to help our kids connect with the why. It's true and it works. I think both and yep. is the sweet spot. My, my mom um, had on our refrigerator a little caterpillar magnet when I was growing up. I have no idea what was a caterpillar, but it was. And the caterpillar magnet had this written on it. Um, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, that's a very modern mindset. Yep. I, I don't want that, though, for my kids. I want them to understand what God says as much as we can, why he says it. What I want them to see the beauty of the gospel, not just know the substance of the gospel, and let that change their hearts, let that motivate them with joy and gratitude to live for Christ no matter what. At what age can you start something like Cornerstones? Yeah, I think the the ideal age is grade school. I think it's written on a level uh, for a grade school mind to connect the best. However, uh, as I've shared, we use it with with our younger kids as well when they were preschoolers. Um, again, we're all around the dinner table. So what we try to do is just kind of gear the younger or the easier questions toward the younger kids. But I think the sweet spot would be grade school. So how do you help uh, or how do you hope families grow and are strengthened as a result of Cornerstones? We have to think in two different terms of our role as disciplers, as parent disciplers. The first is the structured times, like like I shared I do with my family. Twice a week, we have what you would have to call a structured time. Now, we don't have an order of service printed. We don't, you know, we don't do that stuff. Uh, but we know what we're going to accomplish as a family. We're going we're gonna to read God's Word together. Uh, we're going to go over some of these questions and answers together and, and hopefully prayerfully have some conversation in light of that. Uh, we're going to pray together, and that's structured. 
but I think we also need to keep in mind Deuteronomy 6 keeps before us this need to have unstructured or organic times where we're, we're talking about God and his glory as we're going through our typical day, that we don't compartmentalize. That's also how I grew up. I compartmentalized God. God was for Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights, and he really wasn't relevant the rest of the week. Well, no, I want to put that to death. In my heart, I want my kids to learn that, no, it's all about living for God 24-7. So as we're going through our normal daily rhythms, as we're driving in the car to school, and and this happened actually coming home from church one day. My kids saw a couch that somebody had thrown out in the woods, littering. And that gave us a time to talk about stewarding creation. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, those people are just wrong. How How foolish of those people? How irresponsible? We chose to use that as a time to talk about stewarding creation, that creation is this great gift from God, that he wants us to steward it and care for it. Um, and so we were able to have a more meaningful conversation. It's it's that kind of thought process I hope comes out of, out of Cornerstones that parents are able to do that and have structured and organic times of, of talking about God. We um, interviewed Bob Goff a few weeks back, and he said, you know, we, we have a tendency, and I'm not going to get this perfect, but we have a tendency to, you know, call church or ministry or service or mission something special, and we think that it's reserved to some, some sort of special time and some sort of special building. We should just call it Tuesday. You know, it should be just this ordinary thing that we do, and that's kind of what you're getting at with the with these need-to-be-normal conversations that we have. Yeah, and, and there, as we know, there's something special. God has called us to gather with uh, believers in, in terms of, of corporate worship, and you know, I'm concerned that that uh, we see a lot of people today who are who are prone to say, "Well, I love Jesus, but I, I don't like the church, and so therefore I don't mm-hmm. go." Well, I, I don't believe we can properly love Christ and despise His bride. Yeah. So, you know, I think there is something very special. I, I want to hold up what we do as as a, a corporate gathering uh, mm-hmm. as part of the church. But a, as you're saying this, as it sounds like he was saying, yeah, but we also have to understand it's not just there. It's pervasive through our lives that, that yes. God wants us to live for Him in all we do. And so, you know, my my kids, for example, when they talk about what when they want to do for a living, my wife and I are very prone to say, you, you do whatever God has called you to do, and whatever He's called you to do, you do it for His glory. And if that's being a, a trash man, if that's being working in an office somewhere, if that's being president of the United States, whatever He's called sure. you to do, you do it for His glory. So what are some specific ways that you have been able to observe in your kids their growth through this method? Man, that's a uh, thanks for asking that question, because I have a great story to illustrate it that happened last week. Uh, so my wife was uh, reading the Bible um, in her daily times in God's Word, and as she was reading it, she has an audio version playing, so she kind of listens and she reads along. And she was looking through an Old Testament passage, and in the passage, uh, it was quoting somebody saying, hey, come, let us, let's follow these other gods, a crude paraphrase of whatever it was. But, but that statement was made, let us follow these other gods. Well, meanwhile, my youngest son, Caleb, is playing nearby, doing whatever, and he hears this. My wife didn't even know he was listening. He hears this, and he, he chimes in, and he yells out, that's a lie. There are no other <laughs> gods. There's only one god. And that is a question that we will interact with quite a bit as we're going yeah. through our questions. Yeah. And it's, it's one that we'll throw toward him because it's an easier question to, for him to get his arms around. And that was a sweet fruit uh, that God was, was reminding us that what we talk about, it connects, it's sinking in, it's, it's 
getting into their their minds and their hearts and and so it's it's times like that that is very apparent but then it's also uh, just the quality of conversations that we have with our kids as as we're talking uh, with them either organically or inorganically as as I shared before it's so fun to see them pressing in and asking these great follow-up questions and and wanting to know more deeply these truths of God. We've talked about how some parents can be guilty on our show. We've talked about this. Some parents can be guilty of just being kind of spiritual taxi drivers that I know Jimmy shared some stories regarding when he was in youth ministry, he'd have parents call and say, hey, my, my kid wants to pray the prayer of salvation. Can you come over? And it's like, whoa, 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 you know, you have to, you need to be the ones to do that, parent. Uh, why do parents stay away or have a tendency to stay away from these types of conversations? Yeah, I, I really think that most parents want to disciple their kids. I, I You know, there are some, I, I'm sure there are some who say, no, I don't want anything to do with that. And, uh, there's sin at, at, at issue there, of course, but I think that's the minority. I think most parents when they read Deuteronomy 6, when they hear a sermon preached, when they listen to your podcast, for example, I, I, I think most parents are saying, I, I want to do this. I, I really deep down want to disciple my kids. I think the breakdown comes with them feeling ill-equipped to do so. So I think that's why they run their kid to the professional, because they don't feel they know enough to share the gospel with their kids. They're, they're afraid they're going to mess it up. Um, what happens if, if my kid asks a question I don't I can't answer? And so they want to take them to the professional to be safe. I think this is this was part of my heart in writing this resource, especially the parent guide, is to say, yeah, I, I've been guilty of doing that. When when I was in church ministry, I would wave my bony finger at, at parents and say, Hey, disciple your kids. It's your job. We're here to to supplement and complement your efforts in the home. But I was convicted, did I do everything I could to equip those parents? Sure. Instead of just pointing my finger and saying, do it, what did I do to help them? How did I encourage them? How did I teach them and train them to, in turn, teach and train their kids, passing that down, 2 Timothy 2.2? 2, 2. <laughs> so that's my heart behind the parent guide. The parent guide, I really hope, is, is a resource that parents read and they say, okay, I understand this. I, I'm understanding these, these doctrines, and I... <laughs> I can engage with my kid about these these truths um, and just give them that confidence that, look, you're not going to mess anything up. God will take even the most clumsy attempt at discipleship, and he can he can make it beautiful in his power. We just He just wants us to be faithful. Guys, Brian Dembozik, thank you so much for being on. If you want more information about Brian, you can go to gospelproject.com. If you want more information about Cornerstones, it's cornerstones2learntruth.com. Brian, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much. really enjoyed our time together. Guys, so that was Brian. He was fantastic. Again, definitely check him out at gospelproject.com, as well as his book, cornerstones2learntruth.com. If you want more information about this show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. We're going to have the episode tab. Go to the episode tab, and you can find the show notes there. You can also find all of our socials there on our website as well. We appreciate you guys listening. We we only have, I think, one, potentially two more weeks of dropping new episodes. We're then going to take a break for about four to six weeks and then come back in July 
and start dropping new episodes there. We're not going to leave you completely. We're going to release old episodes. So if you haven't listened to the first season, then we'll definitely have episodes for you there to keep continue listening during our break. But just to let you know, mid-May, we're going to um, stop releasing new episodes and be back with you in July. Again, continue to listen, review, like, share, whatever it is. Also post questions. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can always ask us questions there. You can email us at our website, paradoxpodcast.com to connect. Uh, We'd love to hear from you as well as answer any of your questions or concerns. Uh, We appreciate you listening and hoping you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. And so the mother said, I didn't trust her. And so on a Friday, she got in her car and would drive to Waco with binoculars to see her daughter if she was dating. She followed, she stalked her daughter with binoculars to make sure that she was doing what she was told to do. That is not letting go. Is something. Now, I've done that with like girls I liked, but for a mom. For a mom. To do that. Yeah. I mean, tap their phones Mm -hmm. and stuff and look in their windows, but for a mom. But mom. That's out of place.